0: people in this room who will live the next 45 years of their life unhappy because they wanted two extra bedrooms in their house that they will never use. You so care what other people think of you. You're not willing to sell your home and go live in a neighborhood that's not as nice, drive a car that's not as nice, to start a business that will make you happy. And so you will stay in a job for another 21 years that you hate just to pay for the facade of success of people's opinions that you value more than your own happiness that fucks with me like you would not believe
1: we, 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 we
2: hi and welcome to another episode of the redesign podcast it's andrew aka mr kate box this is episode 28 and thanks for listening thanks for joining us don't forget if you want to get involved in the conversation at any point, we are active on Twitter. Make sure you use the hashtag redesignpod if you want to get involved in the convo, if you want to chime in. And also you can send an email to me at redesignpod at mail.com. So that's redesignpod at mail.com if you've got any questions, if you've got anything that you want me to cover or talk about. But before we get into the show, we gotta drop the intro. Are you sure you can blame it on social media if Lexington is good for business? Spending money makes you money.
1: Bitcoin down more than 30% this week. We we, we designed.
0: You've got to put in the effort every single day.
2: Running a business isn't for everyone. They need role models and not just movie stars and athletes. We are the digital influencers.
0: They're creating content. There's no denying the power of digital media, but it also poses a real challenge.
2: And welcome back to The Other Side got some uh, new bits and pieces for you. So two new segments I'm adding to the podcast. So that's right. As the show format is evolving, I've been thinking about some of you guys feedback, thinking of ways to improve the podcast, and I've got two new segments that I'm going to add. Now the first one is Motivational Mondays. So as the podcast comes out on a Monday, you know you're rolling out of bed, you've had a good weekend, and uh, you've got the Monday morning blues. What better way to start your Monday than with a piece of motivation? So I'm going to be pulling from my different sources of inspirational and motivational quotes, uh, snippets from people that I personally admire in the business and tech world. Not even in the business and tech world, just people in general that I that inspire me. They, that they may have any words of wisdom that are worth sharing so that is going to be a part of the podcast and also I noticed a lot of you guys like the nostalgia on the Instagram stories and like the throwback pieces like stuff from back in the day 80s 90s or whatever a lot of you like that kind of stuff so every episode there will be a piece of nostalgia sprinkled around here and there you never know where you might hear it so yeah Thanks to everyone that's been sending their feedback on the hashtag as well. Shout out to Ellis. Shout out to everyone else that's been getting involved in the conversation. Really appreciate you guys. So without further ado, let's jump into this week's episode. We What's been happening in the world of social media and digital culture? Let's take a look. IGTV. In case you don't know what igtv is it's instagram tv igtv says y'all won. you look you win you we we give up they're not closing down don't worry but basically they're saying they're no longer betting on vertical video so they're no longer betting on portrait or vertical video as their main thing um they've decided to finally support landscape videos Now, according to a press release from Instagram last week, they've stated, For viewers, this means IGTV will be a place to watch even more content from the creators they love and do it straight from their phone. For creators, this means more freedom to express themselves how they want. Vertical videos work great for creators who want to be up close and personal with their audience, but landscape also has its strengths. So, me personally, I think that's a great thing because it is hassle coming up with two separate edits of a video. Let's say you made a banging video. Now you wanna put it on IGTV. You've got to either plan from the beginning that you're gonna put this video on IGTV, and which means that all your framing, when you're actually filming the video, you have gotta make sure that all your framing is geared towards the center of the screen. So you have gotta make sure that your focal points, the bits that you want people to actually focus on is in the middle of the screen. And that's not traditionally how filming is done filming is usually done by using the rule of thirds so making sure that your subject is on one third of the screen so it's either on the left or on the right or the top third or the bottom third um, so that kind of breaks all the traditional rules of filmmaking which actually those are little background things that people don't really know about but they make video look really appealing so if you ever watch a, a film or you watch a music video notice how everything is framed it's framed in a certain way even with uh, photographs professional photography they frame things in a certain way with igtv you've got to kind of bypass that and just make sure everything is in the middle because otherwise people won't see it because it's a very narrow field of view so from a creative standpoint i think it's a great look that instagram has finally decided to take on vertical video as well a couple of um replies on the hashtag Last week, um, I tweeted something about it as well. I I asked, what are your thoughts on Instagram's decision to adopt landscape videos? A couple responses. Shout out to Nintendo underscore X. And they're saying, as a designer, I'm glad there were too many formats to cater to. So one less is always a win. Um, Shout out to David Yard at DSMY common sense long form content is difficult to engage with in portrait based on how we're programmed shout out to lecious d only way they're going to get people to really engage with igtv really i heard a few people say that the vertical filming was a pain to edit etc in comparison to youtube yeah exactly Exactly, exactly. And finally, shout out to Alexander Gale. I'm not going to read all of them, but um, this one says, makes the user engage more and stay watching longer. So a good thing for content creators. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. It's just too much headache because imagine we've got all the different social platforms. You've got Facebook, you've got Instagram, you've got Twitter, you've got YouTube, uh, you've got stories, and now you've got stories on Facebook as well. It's a headache to try and like, up with everything so having to worry about i mean if you create content for instagram you've got to worry about what you're posting in your feed then you've got to worry about what you're posting in your instagram stories and then let's say for example you've got video you've got to have a version of the video for portrait and one for landscape it's too much headache so yeah instagram i think that's a very smart move moving on swedish citizens have accepted the chip yeah, the microchip. Yeah, the mark of the beast. That's what I'm talking about. What in the cornflakes is going on here? Let's jump to a quick snippet of uh, what the the backstory is. Uh it's looking a bit peak, guys. Like I'm telling you, I don't I'm not happy with the way technology is pushing mankind. I don't know what is going on. It's it's just looking a bit mad. And I feel like stuff's going on. They're mixing stuff that we're going to like with stuff that we're not going to like. So while we're focusing on, oh, wow, look at that phone. Oh, look at this piece of technology. Isn't this convenient? Isn't this great? Like in the background, they're walking us to some dangerous places and we don't even realise. But yeah, anyway, let's jump to this quick snippet of the backstory of Swedish citizens accepting the chip implant and yeah i'll let you guys i'll let you guys chime in let me know what your thoughts are swedes haven't been
0: shy about upgrading themselves with the new version thousands already have microchip implants that they use in their daily lives waving their hand to gain entrance to the gym confirm their id or make payments a short moment of pain not putting them off becoming part swede part machine
3: not too bad.
0: This event is an implant party, simply where ordinary people can show up and get a microchip embedded under their skin. The biohacking movement in Sweden is hosting them all over Europe, but it's at home, where they get the most willing recipients.
3: I think it's really cool, you don't have to carry any keys or anything, it's just your body. In maybe ten years everything will be in your hand.
0: In Sweden more than anywhere else, the future is already here. The national train company Essier has around 2,600 people signed up to use microchips instead of train tickets.
2: That is mad. Uh, we're just one step closer to human beings merging with machines. I know it sounds a bit mad, a bit far-fetched, but it looks like this is the grand master plan. And the scary thing is that the Bible references this as well. So i was listening the other day to um jamiroquai as well virtual insanity if you listen to the words if you listen to what he was saying he made that song back in i think it was like 1996 this guy's a time traveler he knew what was going to happen like 23 years ago shout out to jk boy i don't know for humanity you know anyway what else we got this week yes this trade war between china and the u.s Why does it affect us? Why does it matter? Why am I talking about it on this podcast? Because it's going to affect all of us. The cost of your jeans, the cost of your phone, the cost of your umbrella, the cost of your kids' toys, all these things are going to be affected by this trade war between China and the USA. Now, this has been kind of going on for the past 20 years. The US are accusing China of underhanded practices when it comes to you know, their trading agreements and stuff like that. Apparently, the US spends five times more with China than China does with them. So they feel like it's being unfair. So what the US and Donald Trump are trying to do is impose new tariffs on goods and services being exported from China. I'm gonna get down to why that actually matters to you and me in a sec, but if you're wondering what a tariff is, let me explain to you what a tariff is. So a tariff is basically a tax imposed by one country on the goods and services imported from another country. I don't wanna like start getting too deep into like economics and stuff like that. And I myself, I'm not an economics expert, but that's the best way I can kind of explain it. So things that are manufactured in China, those things are gonna go up. So for example, if you've got an iPhone, if you look at the back of your iPhone, it says designed by Apple in California, but it is assembled in China. So this past week, there's been a complete madness going on between China and the US. So it's gonna have some drastic implications. I don't know where it's going, but it's a little bit mad because Huawei, one of the biggest manufacturers of mobile phone technology in China, is being affected. They've been blacklisted basically. Donald Trump said, basically no one's going to be doing business with huawei you guys are banned um and that includes google so why is that important because huawei phones are all android but what a lot of people don't realize is that to run android or whatever on your let's say for example you start a phone company and you want it to be android you have to pay google for a license for that software to be installed on your on the phones that you're selling so basically what um donald trump has imposed is this ban which prevents companies in the us from doing business with huawei okay now there's a big backstory to this it's not just about mobile phones it's not just about you know technology or whatever it's a lot to do with the distrust between uh, the US and China in terms of espionage and uh, cyber theft, cyber security. Like they're worried that the technology that China has can actually expose the US. So it's a threat to their national security. They're not happy with all of that. So they want to basically ban this company from having anything to do with their own citizens. So it's a bit of a bad news. So anyway, what I was saying about the software. So they've basically banned Huawei from using the android operating system so what does that do basically makes the phone useless because imagine not having the ability to update your phone so let's say for example you've got android on your phone right the next update that comes is curtains for you you can't update your phone so what have huawei had to do they've had to kind of go and develop their own operating system and you think they're going to take it lying down no as i said to you they develop parts they develop um apple products in china so what's that gonna do america are probably gonna have to bring their manufacturing process back to the u.s and what happens you think they're gonna foot the bill themselves no they're gonna pass on the cost to me and you the consumer so all these things are gonna go up in price but anyway yeah let's go to a quick backstory to get a timeline of where this began and where it's headed
3: It's war, but not with tanks and guns, this time tariffs and Twitter feeds the ammunition in the latest escalation of a bitter trade dispute between the U.S. and China.
0: China will have to retaliate because President Xi Jinping cannot afford to appear that he allows himself to be bullied by the Trump administration.
3: Overnight, 200 billion worth of Chinese goods hit with an extra 25% of import taxes. But retaliate they did. Earlier, an official saying this.
0: China will never surrender to external pressure. We have the determination and the ability to safeguard our legitimate rights and interests. China has to take countermeasures.
3: Washington woke up to the news that 60 billion worth of U.S. goods, roughly 4,000 products, would face tit-for-tat tariffs. Farmers targeted with hikes on foods like meat, honey and fruit juices. Iconic brands like Budweiser and the Californian wine industry also hit. And the list includes hundreds of consumer goods, things like books, cameras and even Mr. Trump's treasured golf clubs. Nobody's a winner in a trade war, and while the US economy and manufacturers will inevitably take a hit, China arguably stands to be worse off given the sheer volume of products it exports to the US, roughly four times as much as trade going in the opposite direction. Now, the Chinese economy was already slowing, but a protracted trade battle could potentially make things worse. And ironically, if things get worse for China, then the US and the world economy suffers too so it's in everybody's interest that the two sides agree some form of deal.
0: As the trade war between the U.S. and China heats up, one potential casualty of the fallout is Chinese tech giant Huawei as it gets caught in the crossfire once again.
3: Beijing has called on President Trump to stop using the excuse of the U.S.'s national security as a pretext to stop Chinese firms competing and to create a fair environment for them instead. It follows reports that Mr. Trump will sign an executive order this week, laying the groundwork to ban U.S. firms from using telecoms equipment made by Huawei.
1: We, we, we
2: if you look at one of the most popular companies in the world from the U.S., Nike, you get your trainers, you get your tracksuits, all of that kind of stuff. That is going to be affected in all of this. It's inevitable because they manufacture their trainers, clothes, all of that stuff in china you watch out for the next two to three years what is going to happen with this whole china u.s trade agreement stuff it's a trade war going on i just hope it doesn't turn physical um yeah we're living in very very uncertain times it's going to affect 5g as well because huawei are one of the the pioneers in 5g and it's their technology a lot of the time that they kind of depend on to develop the infrastructure for 5g and um, the UK are launching their 5G service in July. I think Vodafone, yeah, I said that in the last podcast, Vodafone are gonna be launching the service in the UK. So they're still building the network, they're still building the infrastructure, and I think they're actually using Huawei technology as well. But the mad thing is, Donald Trump said that any of its allies who are still collaborating with uh, companies such as Huawei are not gonna be in their good books. So, Yeah This is where You're seeing the intersection Between politics and technology How it's going to affect us um, As a society It's making me scratch my head But anyway Let me know what your thoughts are Don't forget You can chime in Using the hashtag RedesignPod Let me know what you think Of all this
1: Redesign
2: We We gonna take you back In the It's
3: time to go
0: back back. Let's go Way back
2: Hero at Nick, on the Lord Huck Hero at Nick, on the Ricketty, while living number one Nickelodeon. We need to All right, so let's get into this week's main feature the business of design.
1: Design.
2: Good graphic design ties a piece together. Typography, colors, images, and hierarchy are the resources a graphic designer uses to compose a design that clearly communicates information, value, and reasons to care in a quick, eye catching manner. That is a quote from Alex Q. Now, I recently saw this post on Gary Vaynerchuk's Instagram about the different kinds of people he thought every startup every personal brand and every small business would need. Now he pointed out the following, you need one, a math person, AKA a person who's good with numbers, analytics, and running ads on different platforms. So we're talking about those sponsored ads that you see on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, or the pre-roll ads that you see on YouTube videos before the video begins or in the middle or whatever. So yeah, we're talking about that person. We're talking about number two, an art person. AKA someone who's good at design, AKA a graphic designer. Yeah. Uh, number three, a video person. Also known as someone who's good at filming and post production. So when I say, and like, cause a lot of people are good at filming, but they're not good at editing. This is a person that's good at both filming and editing post production, making sure that the sound is of a decent quality. It's the total package. So you've got a video person. That is very, very important to have in your business, especially in the 21st century. Obviously, social media. This is where a lot of people are getting found. This is where you want to be building an audience and getting exposure for your brand. Um, And fourth, a written word person, a.k.a. a copywriter. Someone who's good at writing dope captions. Have you ever seen some people and their captions? Shout out to Mr. Exposed. Um, He's one of the best caption writers I have seen on Instagram. So caption writing, the ability to write copy that's able to move people into action and communicate with the right audience on an emotional level. So what did you notice about all these four people? They're all supported by what? Design. Now, that's why graphic design is so important in today's world as a personal brand, as a business, as a startup. So we're going to talk about some of a few talking points around design and why it's important and why you should probably invest in it if you're listening to this podcast and you are a personal brand or you plan to start a brand or whatever then you might get a few nuggets so get your popcorn get your coffee or whatever and let's dive in so good design helps you tell your story it helps you attract the right audience and most importantly it helps you make more sales than you ordinarily would So that's why graphic design is so important in this current climate at the moment. Now Adobe, the company behind the popular graphic software Photoshop say that over the last 10 years, companies with strong design have consistently outperformed those with not so good design. Not only this, but they also confirm that one of the most important factors for choosing a product or service vendor was the quality of their website have you ever gone on google and looked for something and then looked on the website and just thought nah nah you i don't trust you there's no way that i'm gonna trust you there's no way i'm putting my debit card details in this website everything just looks discombobulated And the whole joke is, you know what? That company may provide just as good a service as someone with a a good looking website. And the thing is the company with a good looking website might actually be a very, very shabby service. But as a business owner, you can't can't take that gamble. You can't take that risk. You wanna be converting as many people as possible landing on your website to customers. You don't wanna take that chance. So that's why you've got to invest in good design. When it comes to establishing and growing a brand or business, quality design is an investment that you can't afford not to make. So let's talk about a few few points here. Choosing a designer is one of the most daunting tasks. I see a lot of people just come on Twitter and say, hey, graphic designers, get at me. That is one of the laziest ways to find a graphic designer because graphic design is one of those industries where it's like, it's kind of like music. It's kind of like entertainment any and everyone can claim that they are a graphic designer or you know um a musician or a podcaster, or a youtuber because the barrier of entry is low anyone can get photoshop or get a cracked version of photoshop and start doing stuff a lot of people like wrongly believe that just because you know how to use photoshop and you can put together a page with a couple of words on it or maybe you did your friend's christening flyer you think you're a graphic designer no shade but i'm just telling the truth that is what some people do as like that's how they get into design which is fair enough but there's a lot more layers to design designers are problem solvers designers are experts in communication So if you give a designer uh, a brief or you give them a vision of what you are looking for, what kind of brand you're trying to build, they will give you the most appropriate method of communicating that through graphics. And that is not something everyone can do. Not everyone is qualified to do that. Um, So choosing a designer, you don't just go on social media and say, designers get at me or whichever. Like That is not going to get you the best result. But what you should do really is be looking at portfolios. You should decide what kind of brand am I? What kind of look and feel am I going for? And the designer that I'm approaching or the designer that I'm looking at, have they got any experience creating similar um, logos or brand identity for companies like mine? And then you could just look at the style of their work. Every designer has their own style and every designer has their own um, they lean towards a specific um, type of client or theme a lot of the time so by looking at a, a designer's portfolio you can tell whether it's going to be a good match for you so for example if you're looking to build um, a memorable brand with a great logo something that translates well from merchandise to stationery, something that looks good on billboards Something that's an all-purpose. You're not gonna go to someone who specializes in ray flyers. Someone who's done like really good ray flyers, or they've done graphics for, I don't know, someone's YouTube. Or do you know what I mean? Do you see what I'm trying to say here? You got to look at designers that their specialty is tied to what you're looking for. Just because someone is good at doing, let's say, for example. Um, they're good at doing illustrations and digital art that doesn't mean that they're good at creating brand marks that are going to be you know recognized you know simple logos that are powerful and easy to remember such as if you look at the nike logo you look at the apple logo if you look at them there's not really much to them you know there's not really much detail but there's just very very simple stripped down and very tidy and that is what makes a brand recognizable um let's move on i talked about the design brief what is a design brief a design brief is basically a list of specifications that you will give a potential designer letting them know what you want what are your intentions for the brand who your target audience is and how you would like to be perceived there's a few other things that may be included maybe your budget time scale um all of that stuff what you like what you don't like What to avoid etc etc but basically a design brief is something that you should always have when you're approaching a designer why because designers are not mind readers if you go to a designer and say i want a logo and then you don't you don't know what you want how are you going to expect them to know what you want if you don't even know what you want so a design brief is a little quick document that just outlines all those things it helps the process, saves you time, headache, stress, money, everything, rather than going to three or four designers and say, you know what, I've been to four designers and they just, they just don't get it. I just don't know. The problem is you. You need to decide what it is that you want and have it outlined and detailed. Um, What else? Let's look at payment terms. Usually you'll have to pay an upfront deposit. Any designer that's worth, worth their weight you know, they're going to ask for an upfront deposit before they start work on your project. Um, but make sure you get an invoice, make sure you have this in writing before you pay any deposits and make sure you look at testimonials on their websites. Make sure that you, um, you there's, there's actual social proof that the person you're about to hire isn't a cowboy and they're not going to run off of your money. You've got to make sure you do your due diligence. Very important. Um, One other important thing is color psychology. A lot of people kind of just pick and choose colors that are their favorite colors when they're looking to start a brand. But color is a lot more powerful than you think. So let's talk about that for a second. Color psychology. So what is color psychology? Color psychology is the study of different hues or colors and how they affect human behavior. So color influences perceptions that are on a kind of like subconscious level. So they're not entirely obvious but they are there and it can definitely change the way you feel about something um here's one example here's one example i realized that when i used to go to the gym the gym and the, the color scheme is like light blue i didn't feel very motivated i'm not gonna lie to you but when i was at virgin and the color scheme was red listen I had my that that is when I made the most progress in the gym when I went to gyms like Fitness First or Virgin where the colour scheme was more red uh, orange more vibrant colours and there's a reason for this because let's look at some of the colours we're going to break them down into what colours have what effects usually so these are the emotional triggers of colour so red this is why when you look at gyms um restaurants um what else what else products that are kind of like aimed at children um and and things that are like more aimed at fun based products or services or whichever or experiences they kind of tend to use red and orange so for example nickelodeon is aimed at kids it's orange nintendo is aimed at kids it's well it was aimed at kids it is aimed at kids predominantly, but you know what I'm trying to say that Nintendo, their logo is red. Um, So I'm going to give you some reasons for that. So with red, usually this color conveys excitement, energy, passion, action, and desire. Yeah, so I'll say that again. Excitement, energy, passion, action, desire. If you are creating a brand and you want your brand to be synonymous with those values, then you would more than likely be using red in your color scheme in some way. Um, But let's contrast that with blue. This is why I do not understand why the gym uses blue in their branding. So with the gym, their branding is uh, predominantly this uh, sky blue tone. And blue conveys the following emotional triggers. Intelligence, serenity, authority, honesty, And trust so that's intelligence serenity authority honesty and trust now a more appropriate use and you'll you'll definitely see this if you go out looking notice high street banks law firms car manufacturers and anything to do with finance anything to do with the financial services you'll notice that the majority of their color schemes all revolve around blue dark colors dark blue Maybe blue and black, depending on what's, what scale of the market they're on. Maybe they're if they're more um, sort of wealth management and more exclusive, then you might see blacks being used. Like, you know, for example, you'll notice that it's um, they use, just use monochrome, black and white, because it's very exclusive. Um, it's associated with wealth and um, exclusivity. But for the most part, if you, if you look at any financial products, accounting, online payment services if you look at paypal if you look at barclays you look at coinbase um if you look at the accounting system pandal they all use blue as their main color so why on earth you'd use that for a gym i don't know but yeah let's look at the other um i'm gonna look at three more colors because i could go through every color but i would be here all day i'm gonna probably post some um some infographics and bits and pieces on the instagram stories if you're not following the instagram you can do that right now follow at redesign pod on instagram and check out the stories there sometimes i will have to throw up some visuals to kind of uh, accompany the podcasts yeah that's what i'm gonna do but anyway i've mentioned uh, i've talked about red i've talked about orange blue so those sorts of colors are usually associated with financial services anything that kind of requires your trust up front um, that's what you would use blue for. Even in the medical profession, if you look at um, even the NHS, if you look at the NHS logo, that's one of the reasons why that is in blue, because they want your trust. You know, you want to feel at ease going into there. Um, so let's look at yellow. So yellow conveys confidence, optimism, friendliness, enthusiasm and happiness. If you look at the Kate box logo, that is one of the reasons why I chose yellow, because I wanted to convey that aspect of friendliness openness and optimism there is a backstory that's a bit deeper than that but that's probably for a different podcast so yeah um what else have we got we're gonna do green and purple come to your ends and circle so uh with green it's reassurance balance refreshing growth and hope so with like herbal products medicinal products even things like to do with like saving an That's where you're going to see a lot of greens being used. Um, I'm sure there's lots of examples of that around you that you'll probably notice. And finally, with purple, purple conveys creativity, spirituality, individuality, quality, and royalty. The only thing that springs to mind at the moment that I can think of is probably dairy milk. So yeah um what do you guys think chime in on the hashtag redesign pod um yeah design is really important because we're living in in a very visual age right now and we spend so much time discovering products and services on platforms such as Instagram YouTube and there's so much content that if I'm honest if you really want to stand out then your graphics need to be on point the way you use colors has to be on point you got to know what you're doing It has to, because all of these things kind of communicate to your intended audience on a subconscious level. So if you're winging it and you're just throwing up something together, listen, I don't know. But if I were you, if you don't know, if you don't understand communication and how different colors convey certain messages, because it's all very intentional, guys. It's not something that I'm just saying because I'm a graphic designer. It's all very intentional. Um, And the evidence is there. If you look at banks, if you look at um, investment companies, if you look at luxury products, if you look at the most, most of the um, fashion designers, they don't really incorporate colours in their logo. It's always black and white. It's monochrome. Why? Because it's that exclusivity. Everyone wants to have that exclusivity. Um, There's other colours that um, obviously we haven't spoken about, such as gold. And then you've got the different variations of those colors, colors that I've mentioned. So, for example, a dark green, That that's another color that's like centered around growth, around wealth and that kind of stuff. Well, that's why it's no mistake that if you look at the Rolex logo, it's gold and green, you know. Um, but yeah, there's plenty of evidence in everyday life of why certain colors are used. So. You can use this and apply it to your own brand. If you're coming up and you're starting a business, you're building your personal brand or whatever, and you haven't really thought about the direction of like your visuals and how you want to present yourself. It's definitely something you can do more research on. There's a really good book that I recommend that you can, um, you can learn a lot from when it comes to, you know, building your brand and going about finding a designer, And making sure that your visuals tell the the correct story that will uh, attract your ideal target audience. One of the really good books that I've I've read that I recommend is called How to Style Your Brand. And that is by Fiona Humberstone. So it's How to Style Your Brand, Everything You Need to Know to Create a Distinctive Brand Identity. Um, That's a really good book if you want background information on... How brands are created in terms of what colors they use, what fonts they use, all of that kind of stuff—it's proper deep stuff. But it's definitely something that if you're starting a business, if you if you run a business and you want more sales and whatnot, and you're you're thinking I'm not really attracting the the right audience, I'm not really attracting the kind of audience that I really want—this um, is definitely something that you could look into and then you know go from there. If you do need a graphic designer, <coughs> shameless plug. Hit me up. um, You can drop me a line at andrew at cakeboxcreative.co.uk or just check out the website www.cakeboxcreative.co.uk. You can uh, look at my portfolio, read the reviews and yeah, get in contact if you want to talk about a project. So with that being said, that's all I've got for you this week. Um, I'll leave a link in the description to that book that I mentioned, um, How to Style Your Brand. Yeah, The Business of Design. It's something that you can't afford to overlook, especially in this climate that we're living in. Everything is is visuals, really. So that is it for this week. Don't forget, if you like this podcast, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That's the only place where you can really leave reviews nowadays. It's a shame you can't really do that on Spotify. Um, But whatever platform you're listening to right now, if you liked it, you could do one of three things. Follow, like, subscribe. Actually, four. Leave a review if you really liked it. If you're listening on, um, what's that thing called? Apple Podcasts. On SoundCloud, you can leave a comment, chime in, or on Twitter, of course, get involved in the conversation using the hashtag RedesignPod. And as I mentioned before, you can also drop me an email, RedesignPod at mail.com. Other than that, we're on Instagram, on Twitter. And yeah, look out for next week's podcast. We'll be back again next Monday for another episode. Take care and bye for now.
1: We redesign.